When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tool Centre, proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Yeah, it's a very early uh, drive show on this uh, Wednesday due to the cricket commitments. Live cricket from 4 o'clock this afternoon at Marnica Roval and the run home with Hayes and Marto from uh, 2.30 this afternoon through until 4 o'clock. Just regarding AFL trade news, I'll speak to Jordan McArdle, who's been right across it from the West Australian in just a moment. But the Josh Dunkley deal looks like it's been done. Uh, number 21 and a future first round for Josh Dunkley to go from the Western Bulldogs to Brisbane. So that looks like that's just landed literally seconds ago. We're still waiting on Jager O'Meara, the boy from Dongra. As we know, GWS and then to Hawthorne, where he's been there for a number of seasons. He's picked Fremantle, where he'd like to maybe go and end his AFL career. We know that the trade deadline does conclude at 4.30 this afternoon. So can the 28-year-old get his wish? Or is he destined to play out his final year at Hawthorne? The other thing is, of course, if he doesn't get his wish and go to Fremantle, could a deal be done where he returns back to GWS? Now... Jason McCartney, before the final day of trade got underway, the head of list at uh, the Giants, said this about Jager O'Meara. Well, look, there's obviously uh, there's established long relationships with a few people at the footy club, and obviously his great mate and uh, one of our co-captains is Stephen Cornelio. Uh, I was lucky enough to coach Jager way back in the uh, AIS AFL Academy days, um, and he, yeah, he's got some he's got some strong ties to. Other people at footy club, both players and administrators, but we're under no illusion. He's uh, he's from WA and his partner Tori's from WA, so yeah, he's, he's having a good think about things at the moment. So we're we're, we're very hopeful, but we're unsure where it lands. But uh, it's definitely uh, we definitely got to be in it to win it. That's for sure. Yeah, in it to win it, and they're still there. There's still, as we mentioned, just under three hours to play out, and one wonders whether Jago Amira will land at Fremantle and come back to Western Australia after a good career at the Giants and also the Hawks. The big deal yesterday was no doubt in Grundy, of course, ending up at Melbourne. Uh, He was quite disappointed that Collingwood didn't retain him after, of course, signing him to a long-term deal. His manager, Robbie D'Arazio, actually spoke out today on uh, the deal that saw Brody Grundy, one of the better ruckmen, in the AFL, end up at the Demons? I guess the why, and Graham Wright's done this for a long time and, um, you know, extremely good at it. To Graham's credit, he came into a new regime uh, two years ago, you know, took over from some of the previous regime. And um, I like when list managers come in and don't, you know, suddenly badmouth or, or go through a, a clean-out straight away on what, what they've what they've taken on. So, look, he took it with open eyes and open ears, and we were discussing things along the way. Um, I think in the end, Brody, Brody, you know, we all know the long-term deal and, and, the, and the, the footy that he missed this year. I think that played a big part. They won a lot of games without him. 
Um, and I think in the end, uh, he had three Ruckman, in, you know, four including Aidan Begg on his list and were paying them a lot of money. And Brody's the one that probably had the most ability to change what it is, his salary cap. Mm. So mm. we had great conversations throughout the year and I think that's what it is in the end. It's it's him and, him and the coach were happy to sit down and work out which one they wanted to keep and one that probably helped their salary cap the most was Brody Grundy and um, we, we, we approached it like that and he's really excited to get to Melbourne Footy Club while... You know, I said yesterday, I think, that he wasn't jumping for joy when the trade went through. There was a bit of sadness in there. Um, he wakes up, up this morning, a Melbourne footy player, and he's, he's excited to get to work. No doubt he is excited to get to work, uh, even though deep down inside he wanted to stay where he was at uh, Collingwood. Just some update on other sport that's transpired for tyre power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at tyre power. McLaren boss... Zach Brown has come out today admitting he hated having to sack Daniel Ricciardo, describing the ordeal as the toughest thing he experienced in motorsport. Now, Ricciardo is in the Formula One wilderness after McLaren opted to give him the flick with a year left on his contract and replace him with fellow Australian Oscar Piastri for 2023. In an interview today, Brown said McLaren tried everything to help Ricciardo but his poor results ultimately gave them no choice but to cut him loose. The Matildas have scored their best victory for a year, capping the European road trip with a 3-1 win against Denmark in Viborg. Uh, despite conceding a shot goal after just 47 seconds, Australia turned the game with three second-half goals in the space of nine minutes. It was their first win over a top-20-ranked side since beating Brazil in Sydney last October, and arguably their most impressive since defeating Great Britain at the Tokyo Olympics. So two goals came from Caitlin Ford. It was sandwiched a stunning strike from Katrina Gorry to deliver the perfect boost before the home doubleheader against Sweden and Thailand next month. And Ange Postacoglu could lament his Celtic side's taste or tale of missed opportunities as the Hoops' European dreams were left in tatters following a 2-1 home loss to German outfit to RB Leipzig. With just one point from four UEFA Champions League matches, Celtic remains rooted to the bottom of Group F with the Hoops' hopes of progressing to the round of 16 now over. Finishing third in the group would secure a Europa League spot, and that's also going to be a tough ask for Celtic. They've got two matches remaining in the group. They're four points adrift of third place Shakhtar Donetsk of the Ukraine, and the two teams meet at Celtic Park in a fortnight. Just updating their sport. Uh, all thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. Let's go to the West Australian after the break. Speak to Jordan McArdle, who'll bring us up to date uh, with, because uh, he's basically got his finger on the pulse, what's happening in the final day of the AFL trade dealings. Jordan is next. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Jordan McArdle from the West Australia now joins us just to uh, cast an eye over the last few hours of the AFL trade period. Jordan, thanks for your time. Good afternoon, Peter. Thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate your time, Jordan. I know it's a busy time for you. You're trying to make sure you're right across everything. I suppose we're waking on Jager O'Meara from a local perspective, whether he lands at Fremantle and what happens with Rory Lobb. No news as yet. Yeah, that's right. There's probably four trades still potentially involving Fremantle in the last. Uh, what have we? What have we got now? Two hours and about 45 minutes left. So um, the the clock is ticking, and it's just just a, a really familiar story, isn't it, for trade period where 
so many deals go down for the last, you know, 30 minutes to a, to an hour. So, um, yeah, Jago O'Meara, pretty a bit of a bombshell yesterday afternoon with um, you know, reports saying that he uh, he was considering Fremantle, and then this morning they were they were confirmed that he wants to become a, a Fremantle docker. So. Um, that um, it's going to be an interesting trade. Obviously, Lloyd Meek wants to wants to get to Hawthorne. So, yeah, I, I think that one will should get done, uh, especially with with Lloyd Meek, the the currency that Fremantle have got there. I think maybe not a direct swap, but they they should both be involved in in that trade. Uh, there's obviously still Rory Lobb trying to to get to the Western Bulldogs. He's obviously bought that house in South Yarra already and is, is determined. To get there, so there's obviously still a bit to, to play out there. The, the Bulldogs obviously still haggling around around Josh Dunkley, who wants to get to Brisbane. So I think once that deal is eventually done, if it if it does get done, that will um, that will free up a, a pick for then to to use to lob, which could potentially be used to to get Jeremy Sharp from the Gold Coast as well. So it's going to be a a frenetic last few hours of this trade period. Yeah, there are sort of not confirmed reports that the Josh Dunkley deal may have been done just a few moments ago, possibly uh, number 21 and a future first round or second round pick. Uh, there is some speculation it may have just dropped a few seconds ago. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But that could trigger, as you mentioned, uh, a multiple amount of uh, deals that still need to be done before the 4.30 deadline this afternoon. What's transpired already today? Um, just mainly sort of minor minor players. Josh Shackey from the, the Bulldogs has, has got to, to Melbourne. Um, Sam Wiedemann has, has got to the Bombers. So there's a, a couple of sort of minor trades, you, you'd say, not not the not the biggest names going around. So um, it's been yeah, not 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 the biggest um, you know first hour and a, and a bit so far. Um, obviously, there was a, a trading embargo until until midday today. So yeah, things only sort of started ramping up from from there. So. Um, it is going to be a big day, but probably not um, not not a massive amount of sort of big, bigger names um, floating around so far this afternoon. Yeah, I mentioned about Josh Dunkley, and of course, uh, just gauging social media reports at the moment. And there's another report that's just come through literally a minute ago that Brisbane have upped uh, the offer for Josh Dunkley, but the dogs are demanding more. So they're playing hardball, like uh, Freo are playing hardball with Rory Lobb. So we'll see what transpires there. What are your thoughts on uh, particularly Fremantle and what they've secured so far in relation to Luke Jackson? And if they get Jager O'Meara, uh, how do you see uh, Fremantle's uh, basically work over the last week and a bit? Yeah, I think I think they've done done pretty well, especially if they end up getting getting O'Meara and, and potentially Jeremy Sharp as well. I think um, I think you, you'd give their trade period a, a huge tick. Luke Jackson was was that real sort of big fish that they were they were targeting. They did they did give up a fair amount for him. I don't think they start their draft night until about uh, I think in the 40s or 50s now. So um, it, it's pretty obvious that they're they're happy with the, the younger sort of. <laughs> talent they've, they've drafted over the last few years, but just wanted to top top that up with with Luke Jackson, with you know probably the writing on the wall that that Lobs gonna end up departing to the Bulldogs and and potentially Lloyd Lloyd Meek as well. I still think they might be a might be a, a backup 
Ruckman short, then when if they do if they do end up getting rid of of Meek and Lob, I think that's probably one area they might they might target in the draft. There's a there's a kid from Peel Thunder that they might look at, Jackson Broadbent, who probably isn't expected to go in the first few rounds in the draft. So that's one player they might might look up just to um yeah just to shore up their their ruck stock stocks potentially. But yeah, I think that's that's probably about the only area they obviously lost Blake Acres, but might bring in someone like a Jeremy Sharp, which is almost a, a like-for-like replacement. He's a, a WA boy as well, and uh, he's pretty keen to get home. Whether whether that ends up being this year or he, or he sees out the final year of his contract at, at Gold Coast, and then then potentially looks at getting home again. I, I feel like they're, they're they're pretty happy with their wing stocks anyway. With you know Liam Liam Henry running around in in the twos, he's obviously a, a top ten draft pick who's, who's showing glimpses of his best without sort of stringing it together and then you've got someone like an Ethan Hughes running around in the twos and then obviously Neil Erasmus and, and Matt Johnson who were, you know, fairly fairly high draft picks last year who, um, you know, Erasmus has played a few games that Matty Johnson hasn't been seen at AFL level yet. So I think they're, they're pretty happy with their, their wing stocks either way. Um, they brought in Josh Corbett from, from Gold Coast who I, I think is, it's a good selection. He's I think 25, 26 years old, and it was effectively a, a free hit. I think it was a future fourth rounder that they, they gave up for him in the end. So um, I, I really felt that the forward line stocks were, were probably an area that, that this year had been shown up a little bit. Um, Jai Amos was missing for a lot of the year with, with illness. Matt Taverner was was struggling to, to get on the park with his soft tissue injuries. Um, and obviously, Rory Lobb might uh, might end up at the Bulldogs this afternoon. So I think that was an area that they they desperately needed to shore up. So yeah, bringing Corbett in and, and Luke Jackson certainly helps that. Yeah, good stuff, Jordan. As I let you go, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, in the past week alone, we've seen the likes of Tim Taranto, Luke Jackson, Isaac Rankin, Jason Horn, Francis, Tanner Bruin, and also even Darcy Tucker to a certain degree, all play the move back to their home states card. And people are saying, toughen up, Aussie rules footballers, because there are others in other sports, like in basketball and in soccer, that not only change states, but go overseas to far-flung countries to continue their trade. What are your thoughts on this go-home factor that's been very prevalent during this AFL trade period? Yeah, it feels like it's more than ever, isn't it? Even even Ollie Henry wants to go down the road from from Collingwood to Geelong, which is about an hour's drive, I think. So, um, yeah, it feels like the go home factor is is bigger than ever. I asked Rowan O'Brien, the the West Coast recruiting boss, about this yesterday. He, he said it wasn't a, a massive factor when they were looking at you know bringing in bringing in draftees. I, I, I thought they might be. Um, you know, looking at guys like Ruben Ruben Jinby and uh, Jed Buzzlinger and, and Eliza Hewitt or West Aussies um, after they did that that pick swap, he, he said, you know, if it, if it came to a matter of two guys with you know an equal amount of talent in similar positions, they'd always pick the the local options. But otherwise, they, they'd still back themselves in to um, to be able to nurture these talents and and stop them from from going home. He gave the examples of Andrew Gaff, who's Obviously, a one-club player. Luke Shuey is a one-club player. Shannon Hearn, who's a one-club player. They all came from from interstate. So it feels like a club like West Coast can can sort of back themselves to to keep these talents. But it feels like it is a real problem for some of these other other clubs like Gold Coast, 
um, and, and GWS, just a, a couple of examples. Look at the the talent that GWS has, has lost in, in this um, trade period alone. It's a, a real concern. And, um, yeah, I think it'll, it'll certainly um, be in the forefront of, of clubs' minds when it comes to the draft next month. Good on you, Jordan. Thanks for joining us. We'll follow, of course, your reports online. And, of course, in the West tomorrow morning. Uh, enjoy the remaining hours of the AFL trade period for 2022. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Good on you, mate. Uh, Jordan McArdle joining us from the West Australian. We'll keep a, a monitor on that. So the other thing is regarding Josh Dunkley, if, as it's been reported, uh, they settle, that is the Bulldogs, for a future first-round pick and pick 21, then the Dogs can trade 21 on for Lob, then the Dockers can on-trade it to Hawthorne for Amira. So there's lots of moving parts. We'll see if that maybe uh, starts to fall in uh, the next little while. It's coming up 7 to 2. Uh, this is the Early Drive Show with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Doing all right. a on a yeah, it's great to have you come here. Early Drive Show on this Wednesday because we have got cricket commitments, the second of the three T20 matches between Australia and England as they warm up for, of course, the World Cup. That gets underway. Four o'clock coverage this afternoon through all our uh, network radio stations, SEN 657. Of course, we've got SEN Spirit 621 in Bunbury in the southwest. SEN Cal 1611 through the goldfields on DAB Plus Radio at SEN Peel and on SEN WA on the SEN app. Another event that gets underway tonight also is the Constellation Cup, where Australia take on New Zealand, uh, a four-test series coming up. And uh, Nat Medhurst, who's part of our SENWA broadcast team, joins me on Saturday mornings between 9 and 11 on the Ladbrokes Lounge. And uh, we'll no doubt uh, have a look at uh, how the Diamonds have fared. And in fact, uh, Gretel Boeda, who uh, has pulled out because of... uh, a looming pregnancy. She's pregnant at the moment, about uh, to get ready for the arrival of her child in a few months' time. Will be a big blow to the Diamonds, and but uh, she'll be also featured. Uh, Nat will be talking to her on the Ladbrokes Lounge on Saturday morning between 9 and 11. Well, a big event, really, in partnership with the West Australian Government through Tourism WA. UFC is returning to Perth with a pay-per-view event following the success of UFC 221 in February 2018, or 221. And it was a capacity crowd. My UFC expert is a man that's right across... In fact, he released this news about a month ago before it was released publicly by the government. Brett Bonetti joins us on the early drive show with Peter Vlahos here on SENWA this afternoon. Brett, thanks for your time. Good afternoon, Peter. Great to be with you. You got wind of this uh, some weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, I got wind that there was going to be, the UFC was going to be returning in February 2023, but didn't know uh, what it was going to be, whether it was going to be UFC 284 or a pay-per-view event or a fight night. I had a feeling it was going to be a pay-per-view event, but just didn't know what uh, number of event it was. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that the UFC are coming back in February next year. It's been four years since we've seen, of course, cage fighting as they term it, or or UFC. Take us about four years ago and how well it was received here in Perth because... 
for a number of years, particularly the Barnett government, didn't allow it into this state. Yeah, that's right. And that was a ridiculous move by Colin Barnett because uh, the reason why it was a ridiculous move because he didn't ban the sport. He only banned the cage. So what he effectively did was make the sport more unsafe because the cage is actually there, or a fence if you want to call it, to stop the competitors from falling out. It's a lot easier to fall out of a boxing ring uh, than, uh, than fall out of a fence, which you can't do. So he made the sport unsafe. It was uh, you know, outdated timing. Uh, but I'm glad the McGowan uh, government uh, overturned the ban and you can see how successful it's been uh, since it's been allowed here in WA. So when you look at it now, how did the announcement go down yesterday at ROC Arena? Yeah, it went very well. So the Honourable uh, Roger Cook, uh, the Deputy Premier and Minister for Tourism here in WA, uh, he uh, made the announcement and uh, very well received. Uh, Peter Klotzko was also here. It was good to see him. I've uh, known him for several years. He's the UFC Vice President for Australia and New Zealand. And uh, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, the, uh, the current number one pound-for-pound pound fighter on the planet and also the current UFC featherweight champion. He was here in Perth to, uh, to make the announcement. And it's good to see Arabella from the UFC. So I hadn't seen those guys for a number of years due to obviously uh, obvious reasons. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the announcement went very well and they, they all spoke very well. Interesting, Jack Della, Della Madalina, but he shortens it uh, for professional purposes to Jack Della. He's made a few headlines, hasn't he, since he, uh, he's been overseas. Will he be on the card? And tell us how far Jack Della has come. Yeah, he's a magnificent fighter. And uh, he was actually invited uh, to take part in this press conference yesterday. But I spoke to his uh, coach, uh, Ben Vickers, who was there, uh, and said Jack would, uh, you know, would prefer to train. So that's how uh, how committed uh, Jack Della Madalena is. But uh, look, I, I've been saying that Jack Della has been a massive prospect when he's uh, been on eternal MMA. Uh, obviously, Australia's best MMA promotion. He uh, was a long-time uh, champion uh, there. Got his shot on Dana White's Contender Series and really impressed uh, Dana White. Got he uh, got awarded a contract on that uh, performance, and then since he's had two first-round knockouts in the UFC, ultra impressive, and uh, I'm pretty certain that uh, he'll be on the UFC card in Perth in February. Yeah, it was a big feature actually in the West Australian on Jack Della some weeks ago, which was uh, really brought everybody's attention to him. So saying that, there is so much talent, I believe, coming out of Australia. Uh, is there going to be any other fighters from Perth that may get a chance to get on this card here in Perth in February with Jack? Yeah, there's two names that stand out. There's been a big push uh, for two competitors out of Perth, and uh, and uh, I think they're UFC ready. I've called a lot of their fights, especially for Eternal MMA. Uh, one of them is Stephen the Astro Boy Ursig. Uh, he's a very good fighter, and I think he's UFC ready. Uh, the other one is Cody Haddon. I uh, labelled this kid the future. He's only 23 years old. Uh, called several of his fights on uh, on Eternal MMA as well, and he's on a tear. He is a really good, young, hungry prospect, and, uh, and he's got all the tools to make it all the way as well. So those are the two names. I'm hoping that uh, they get their shot. Uh, but, yeah, there's a big push for those two guys to, uh, to get on this card in February, and I hope it happens for them. Of course, there is still some people that are trying to warm to MMA. Uh, some people still haven't, uh, don't feel uh, we should see this sort of uh, sport or this combat sport. But saying that, Brett, how far has MMA come here in this country and how popular is it? 
Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. When the cage ban in, was in place, oh, obviously I was a big voice and uh, trying to get it overturned and, uh, and it mattered, uh, those sort of opinions mattered back then. But now uh, that it's flying, I mean, again, you look back at uh, UFC 221, that car that you spoke about just before, Peter, very successful, but there was only seven Australians on the card and it was still growing back then. You fast forward to 2022, there's so much Australian talent uh, uh, on our books now, and, and go back to UFC 221 again. Alexander Volkanovski was on the uh, the prelims of that card, and also by a fighter from New Zealand by the name of Israel Adesanya. They are current UFC champions, and not only that, Alexander Volkanovski, number one pound for pound fighter on the planet, and number two Israel Adesanya. So that's how far the uh, the sport has grown. There's so much talent. And that's why I probably predict in, uh, in February 2023, I think you'll be, see a lot of Australians on the card, and I think that uh, it's going to do very well. I can't wait. So what does it do for Perth, Brett? Uh, no doubt Tourism WA and the West Australian Government wouldn't be endorsing this if it doesn't do something for Perth and the state. What will it do for Perth? Oh, all focus will be on Perth, and, and all credit to the UFC as well and the government, mind you. Uh, you don't see too many times that we praise the government, but they made the right call here. They, uh, UFC 251 was due to be in Perth in June 2020, and obviously it was forced uh, uh, to be cancelled due to the pandemic, and they've made uh, you know good of their word. They've come, when they first uh, wanted to come back to Australia, they made sure that Perth was their first stop. But it's going to be do, doing magnificent things for Perth because the world audience will be on our great city. Uh, it will obviously attract a lot of people from over east, but also overseas. So, uh, and the type of car that they want to put on, you look at the main event. Alexander Volkanovsky will be the main event, uh, and he'll he'll be you know there'll be a title fight no matter what. Uh, so uh, I think it's going to be do, do magnificent things for Perth and, uh, and create a lot of revenue, a lot of, uh, lot of hype and excitement. And, uh, yeah, it's only a good thing. Do you expect it to be a sellout? Yeah, I think so. Again, the, the power of this car that it's <laughs> going to bring, I've got no doubt uh, that, it'll, uh, that it will be a sellout. And when do tickets go on sale? Because no people will uh, be pretty keen to snap them up as quick as they can. When do they go on sale, Brett, for this event? I'll tell you what, there's a pre-sale link on, uh, on UFC.com, uh, I think, forward slash Perth. So you better register for, for, the, for that. But I expect tickets to go on sale in, in November. Uh, that's when I expect them to go on sale. But you keep, keep watching this space. And if you're a UFC fan uh, and want to go along and, uh, and you know, have a great day at ROC Arena... Uh, yeah, get in early because I do expect tickets to go very fast for this one. Now that the touch wood, the pandemic is behind us, Brett, do you see UFC returning to these shores more regularly going forward? Yes, absolutely. Australia is a huge market for the UFC. I went to the very first UFC event in Sydney, and that was uh, way back in 2000, I believe. It was UFC 110, and, uh, and again, it was a sellout uh, over there. And what was fantastic about that, it was every seat was full from the very first fight to the end of the main event. So it was a magnificent sight to see. Every time Australia, uh, UFC comes back to Australia, it's, it is a success. And, uh, and I, there's no doubt about it that they'll be uh, coming back uh, to, to Australia uh, one, you know, again and again. And especially with so much talent, 
uh, coming out of these shores as well because, as I said to you before, we've got the number one, number two, um, you know, pound-for-pound pound fighters uh, uh, in the world. And not only that, we've got local talent coming out. Guys like Jack Della Maddalena are on their way. And I mentioned the, the guys coming through. I mean, Jack Jenkins uh, got signed uh, to, through Dana White's Contender Series just like Jack Della did about two weeks ago. So another eternal MMA product as well. Mm. As we let you go, for those people that have never been to an event like this, and you've been to all of them because you do broadcast them, what can they expect? Well, again, you've got to be a fight fan. It's not for everyone. But if you're a fight fan, uh, again, it's something that you can uh, you know, be converted to. And I think Alexander Volkanovsky said it, uh, said it best yesterday at the press conference as well. People that have not been used to the support uh, to the sport before, you know, start watching it and get used to it because he he has turned people into fans just by his attitude. Uh, the fighters are fan, fan friendly as well, uh, and uh, you know, if you get into the fight game, you'll get used to it. It's very skillful, and they're, they're elite athletes. You have to be very fit to do this sport, that's for sure, and in prime condition. And that's all that you go. When will uh, some of these UFC MMA fighters? come to Perth. Will they be here a few days before the re- event to promote it? Oh, absolutely. And I've got, I'll have got i give you a little tip uh, just for, for your listeners. I believe that the UFC will come back in early November uh, to announce tickets that tickets will be going on sale. And I'm hoping and I believe that they'll bring uh, you know some uh, UFC talent to meet the fans as well. As I said, it's very fan-friendly. And I think they'll uh, they'll do do a good job about coming back and pre-promoting uh, the event very well. Good on you, Brett. Uh, you've certainly got uh, UFC right there. You know what's happening in UFC and, of course, the MMA. Uh, congratulations on breaking the news some weeks ago. And we'll keep in touch here on SEN Drive. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Always a pleasure, Peter. Good to speak to you. Okay. And what do you say to the people listening when it comes to the MMA? What's, what's your catch cry? This is The Drive Show with Peter Flahos. Yes, Jimmy Williams is going to update uh, any last-minute trade news and also give us an idea what's coming up on the run home with Hayes and Mardo. Gets underway at 2.30 this afternoon, goes to till 4 o'clock, and they're off to Manuka Oval for the second of the third T20 matches between Australia and England. As you heard also in the news, uh, the Australian Open uh, tickets uh, were unveiled today. You can actually get your tickets to go next January, uh, the first of the Grand Slams at Melbourne Park. And Craig Tiley, the CEO of uh, Tennis Australia, was present today to announce that tickets are officially on sale. And no doubt he was asked the question where Novak sits after what was a huge story uh, in January of this year. In fact, dating back to almost this time last year, it started to develop. And in the end, as we know, the world number one uh, was escorted out of Australia and sent back home. This is what he said about Novak this time around. Yeah, I think that if, if, if he is granted the, um, and has a successful application to come, um, then um, the crowd reaction is, is hard to predict. I per, I'm of a personal view is that um, we have great fans, and uh, in Australia, Australia have the best fan group of anywhere in the world, and we respect our athletes, we respect performance, we respect sport, but we also transparent in how we support them. And so I, I think it, it, it remains to be seen on that, but I would hope that as, you know, as Australians and as fans and, and patrons in the stands, we're, we're moving on as best as we can, but it's a hard one to answer that. Okay, Craig Tiley, the CEO of Tennis Australia there, comment about the possible reaction that Novak Djokovic could possibly receive when he returns 
to uh, Melbourne Park for the Australian Open in January of next year. All right, let's get the latest on the AFL trade situation. We've got another two hours and about nine minutes remaining. Jimmy Williams is right across it here at SENWA and also uh, will also give us an idea of what's coming up in the Hayes and Marto show between 2.30 and 4. What's the latest, Jimmy? What's transpired today? Good afternoon, Pete. Well, two hours, eight minutes and 23 seconds to be exact is how long is left of trade period. And from a local angle, the big one this afternoon is Jager O'Meara. Now, he's nominated Fremantle as his club of choice to be traded away from Hawthorne. And there's a report out this afternoon that Hawthorne are going to be willing to pay the majority part of his contract. So a really fascinating scenario coming up in the next two hours. I wonder what happened there. With what Fremantle can do to get the deal done. Lloyd Meek has nominated Hawthorne. Perhaps maybe that's something that's going to happen. But, yeah, it is a wait and watch this space. There's two other deals in the works as well this afternoon. Uh, Lockie Hunter from the Western Bulldogs is a 50-50 to get to Melbourne. Uh, he's waiting by the phone, uh, by all reports, trying to leave the Western Bulldogs. It's been a bit of a rocky relationship for Hunter and that club for a long time, so he is obviously looking for options out. And meantime, St Kilda's Hunter Clark. Now, this was a, a trade that was touted. Yeah. Put away, come back, put away. And now, again, on the deadline, North are back in for a chance to get St Kilda's Hunter Clark, which uh, if you're a St Kilda person, you do not really want to happen. This is a kid with a lot of talent. Uh, he's had some injuries. They don't really, the fans want him to go. Uh, but it's interesting that his name has popped back up. Clearly, I think there's an issue with either himself or his management that are unhappy with the club. Interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jimmy, on the trade period? Do you think it goes too long? And uh, you know, it started last week. This is uh, Monday of last week. We had a whole week. I also worked a bit on the weekend, and yep. here they come back. Uh, we're Wednesday now at 4.30 uh, or finally. Yeah, so eight days, isn't it, Pete? It's, I think it's, it's too it's, long. There is an argument to say it's not based on what's happened today and what's happened over the past sort of 48 hours. There's still so many deals to be done. So we talk about... Hunter Clark, Lockie Hunter, Jeremy Sharp potentially yeah. on the way to Gold Coast. Jager O'Meara's name gets thrown up. Lloyd Meek still without a deal. And then today there were deals that were done. Uh, Aaron Francis got to Sydney from Essendon. Essendon got Sam Wiedemann from Melbourne. And Melbourne picked up Josh Shackey. So it's not like there's any lack of dominoes to fall, is there? But, but could these deals have been done earlier? I definitely hear your sentiment. Yeah, I think they could have. Do we drag it out? Yeah, probably. Does it have to be eight days? No, I don't think so. Interesting uh, that last week, and you look at the players and where they've gone, Taranto, Jackson, Rankin, Horn Francis, they've all gone to pretty much strong clubs, haven't they? And when you look at what Kane Corn said last week, he reckons the equalisation program isn't working in the AFL. Let's just have a listen to what he had to say. Go through the ladder and in your own mind... Um, have a call on who, which teams can possibly win the premiership. Like right now, 6th of October, go through the 18 teams. How many realistically can win it? I've got eight, maybe nine, maybe nine. Now, how, how is that good for the competition that over half of the teams right now have no chance of winning a premiership? And we saw it yesterday, and this isn't in any way a criticism of Geelong, but for them to get pick seven in... Ollie Henry and Tanner Bruin and some young players, as well as Jack Bowes in the prime of their career. I mean, it must just be depressing for other teams. We're so far away from this. It's not funny. So what does the AFL do? We speculated about this yesterday. You know, do you ban some some of the successful teams from, from the trade period? Do you make contracts have a mandatory length of period of time? Uh, are you making teams that have contracted players capable of trading them to any club that they want? 
There's certain levers the AFL can pull and certainly something they need to look at because their equalisation model, it is stuffed. There's been a lot of criticism of other sports where you've got the same clubs always at the top of the ladder, yeah. uh, whether it become basketball, whether it be football, that is soccer. Uh, and Tane Corns is suggesting maybe that's starting to happen in the AFL as well. Jimmy, just uh, in tying up the AFL mm -hmm. trade deals, of course, still Josh Dunkley and yeah. Rory Lobb are two big names to fall. Yeah. Now... What's your opinion here, Pete? Could this be a four-way mega deal late? So we've got... Yeah, I reckon. Uh, There's no it, point it, keeping it, him. It sounds like this, doesn't it? So Dunkley wants to get to Brisbane. Rory Lobb wants to get to the Bulldogs. Yep. Um, Fremantle could be involved, obviously, having Rory Lobb. And the other club, potentially... Uh, so Brisbane, Fremantle, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Those three. Three-way. Have I forgot one? No, more? I think it's those three. Yep. Dunkley, yep. maybe 21, they're talking about, and a first rounder for next year. Unless Jeremy they can, they can trade. They can then trade 21 on to Frio to get Lob, and then, of course, that can be passed on to Hawthorne possibly as well. So, yeah. anyway. Do you, what's your gut feel on – so do you think Lob is – Yeah, he'll uh, go. Not a Fremantle player by the end of tonight? Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't want to keep him. Jagger O'Meara? Yeah, I reckon he might land, actually. At Frio? Yeah, I reckon he might land at Frio. I reckon Rory Lob get rid of him because he's wanted to go for two years. Josh Dunkley, get rid of him. Yep. He's wanted to go for two years from the Bulldogs. And in the end, the clubs have made it tough. It's saying, you guys, you know, we've given you opportunities and you still wanted to go, just go. And I just reckon, hey, they're not going to miss much with Rory Lobb, Fremantle. Now they've got Luke Jackson. Honestly, I don't think they're going to miss much. Josh Corbett. Yep, trade him If he in. does anything like what Will Brody did when he came over from the Suns, he could, could be a good acquisition. So... We'll just have to wait and see. Just have to wait and very, see. Very, very fascinating afternoon. So this from Cal Toomey just recently uh, regarding that Hunter Clark situation with St Kilda. His understanding is that St Kilda was interested in packaging pick nine and Hunter Clark to trade to North Melbourne for pick three. So from where I sit, that sounds like a pretty fair deal. It sounds maybe as if St Kilda are maybe giving up a little bit too much to package Clark and nine for three, but... If you're a St Kilda recruiter and a person in the know and you know there's someone at three that you really, really like, which will be pick four, because Brisbane are going to have father-son, aren't they? Uh, will Ashcroft at one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Hunter Clark. Love the way he attacks the footy, and that's the reason why partly he's been getting injured. So I don't really want to see him go, but clearly either he or his management aren't happy. Uh, and over the next two hours, we're going to find out a, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Good on you, what about Jimmy? Jeremy Sharp, Pete? Just quickly. I don't know. Uh, enough. I don't know enough about him. Yeah. Really. So East Fremantle boy, I think. Uh, yeah. Out of favourite Gold Coast plays on a wing. Yeah. Will he get a game at Fremantle? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. an interesting one. Just quickly, uh, Hayes and Mardo are yep. waiting to come in. What's on the show between two thirty and four? Well, we're going to have all the latest, of course, on Rory Lobb and Jager O'Meara. Uh, Todd Blanchfield, who played his three hundred fiftieth NBL match the other night, the sharpshooter. I think he shot. Better than half from the field mm. in the first quarter. He was jacking threes from everywhere. Can't watch, wait to watch him on Friday night against Melbourne United. So, yeah, I know uh, Marta was looking forward to catching up with his old buddy. Ah, good stuff. All right, well done, Jimmy. Thanks for that. So we've got Hazen. Hayes and Marto coming your way. And then at four o'clock, we've got live cricket, the second of the uh, three T20 matches between Australia and England. That's been played at Marnica Roval in Canberra. Just before I go, get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to tickertech.com.au now. Uh, that's where you can pick up your tickets for the Wildcats, who have started stirringly well, haven't they? with three wins from three starts. Just repeating, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening with the trade talk. 
And uh, as I said, uh, I'll be back tomorrow from 5 o'clock. We return to the norm when it comes to drive between 5 and 6, and we'll have the full wash-up of what transpired with AFL trade day to day. We'll also look back at the Constellation Cup. First match of the four-test series between Australia and New Zealand is underway this evening. And as well as that, we'll uh, reflect on the Australia-England T20 match as well. Thanks for joining us on the early time slot. As I said, don't go away. Plenty of good sport coming your way after the news. Hayes and Mato are up next here on SENWA.